Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 4. I'll read verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Thanks be to God for the reading and the hearing of this portion of his holy word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. To you be all praise and glory as we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to begin this morning with the following parable. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a messy mass, all dark and disorganized. And God said, let us appoint a committee to solve this problem. And God looked on the idea of participatory democracy and saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning one day. And God said, let there be an election of officers. And the committee became as divided as night from day, but those high in the firmament won. And there was evening and morning a second day. And God said, let us begin. But the chair said, first, we need to, uh, there, we need to have a time of appraisal of the internal and external fact bases. Let there be long-range planning to formulate goals and objectives. Let those who want the earth to be water gather by the water fountain, and those who want it to be dry convene in the side yard. And the factions conducted a force field analysis comparing the relative strength of seaweed versus sagebrush. And God saw that they weren't doing any good. And while they were still debating the difference between an amendment and a substitute motion, it was evening and morning, a third day. And God said, let there be a manual of operations. And the committee appointed another committee to devise flowcharts and matrix grids for interdepartmental coordination. And God tried to shine a great light or even a bit of moonlight to illuminate the process. 
But before anything developed, dinner break was announced. And there was evening and morning, a fourth day. And God said there must be more participants, some that fly, some that crawl, and some that swim, each according to its kind. And God looked on the resulting diversity and wondered if it was good. And after three more coffee breaks, there was evening and morning, a fifth day. And God said, let us make man in our image, male and female, and let them have dominion. But when they saw that going to committee meetings was an escape from reality and that membership at the head table was desirable to make one look wise and superior, they joined the party, forgetting the purpose of God's project altogether. And God looked on all he made and regretted. And God said, what's the matter? But the chairperson said, you're out of order. According to Robert's rules, before a member in an assembly can speak and debate, he must be recognized by the chair. And there was evening and morning, a sixth day. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth. And God rested on the seventh day. But the committee has been paralyzed in arguing over points of order ever since. Now, let me be quick, let me be quick to say I am not reacting to any particular committee meeting and I am not referring to a particular committee here or elsewhere. I share this parable today because it lifts up in a humorous but haunting way many of the struggles with which Christians are called to deal. Think about it. People stand at the altar and others like it and repeat the vows of church membership. Their personal relationship to Christ has drawn them into the community of faith. They desire to make the world a better place for themselves and the generations that follow. They want to, to work against the forces of evil and to help build the kingdom of God on earth. It's so dramatic and wonderful. Unfortunately, it can also become very dreadful and mundane. Before long, the echoes of great singing and exciting worship fade away only to be replaced by all the activities involved in making a church function. Church members join the choir and discover that the inspiration of Sunday morning anthems must always be preceded by the perspiration of Wednesday evening rehearsals. Right? They start going to a Sunday school class and within six months have the responsibility of teaching the class or, or planning the next mission project. Or they're asked to serve on the administrative board and suddenly find themselves dealing with all kinds of practical and testing concerns which have to be addressed by any congregation. Being members of a church involves work. And sometimes the work becomes so hectic that it's all people can see. Lay and clergy alike, we tend to become just like that committee in the parable about creation. We get so involved in church work that we become oblivious to the work of the church. We forget that the first work of a disciple of Jesus Christ is prayer. So we go and do, we attend meetings, we participate in this project or that activity, 
but there is no inward searching, no clarifying of the heavenly vision inside of us, no focusing of our spiritual energies on the God who called us in the first place. Sometime back there was a, a musical on Broadway titled, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. Now, this musical is a, is a baffling paradox. On the one hand, the music is bright and fresh and full of vitality. It's a lively participatory play, in fact, where the actors go out into the audience and get everybody involved in the action. But on the other hand, there is a very deep pessimism running throughout the whole production. Again and again, some contemporary problem is raised and the chorus answers loudly, don't bother me, I can't cope. That message, I think, summarizes the mood of many in our society today. Don't bother me, I can't cope with all the problems I'm forced to face. Friends, the Christian faith does not take the problems out of our lives. But the living Lord does provide us with the power and the stamina to cope with them. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we have all the power we need to deal with life's burdens and complexities. But we must be responsible for availing ourselves of that power. There must be action on our part in addition to God's actions. As Christians, we must do what we can to stay in touch with the abundance of Christ's presence in our lives. One of the most important ways we do this is through prayer. In our scripture reading, we heard the familiar account of Jesus spending 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness following his baptism. Those days were a period of struggle and searching and dealing with temptations a time during which Jesus solidified his relationship to his Father. As a result of those 40 days, he knew who he was and where he was called to go. The same is true for us. We too face temptations, and we too need to struggle with who we are and where we're called to go. We too need to spend time in solitude and prayer. Of course, admittedly, we find this easier said than done. It's hard for us to move from an existence of the physical to an existence of the spiritual, from the world of noise, distraction, and talking to the world of silence, reflection, and listening. We live in a world that's filled with noise and with things. We experience our days as filled with things to do, people to meet, calls to make, and projects to finish. Perhaps this explains why so many among us join the chorus of that musical and sing, Don't bother me, I can't cope. Could it be, however, that we have trouble coping not because of the many problems on the outside, but because of our many unfaced needs on the inside. Could it be that we have too often gone, in, gone out into the world to try to make something of ourselves without first getting in touch with the Lord and asking Him to make something of us? 
It doesn't have to be that way. Jesus Christ is your friend like no other friend you've ever had. He wants to give you strength and power and joy and peace. But we have to ask for it. We have to pray. Why do we pray? Because we need to pray. Each and every one of us is standing in the need of prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you that you're there for us to call upon. Thank you for loving us and offering us everything we need for a full and abundant life. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.